Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. Being a podcast producer is great work if you can get it, but it's still work, work that somebody else is paying you to do. How can you prepare for when, not if, that relationship comes to an end? Hello and welcome to another podcast pontifications with me, Evo Terra. Write these two rules down, podcasters. Rule number one, never meet your heroes. Rule number two, a dream job can't be both. Now, there are ex- uh, exceptions for both of those rules, obviously. I've met Drew Ackerman from Sleep With Me in person, and he is genuinely a lovely person. I've also had jobs that I have really, really loved for a while, and they've loved me for a while. <laughs> You know, there's that old adage, find a job that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And that's utter garbage because a job is a job. At some point in time, it just becomes a job. Some jobs are a lot more fun than others, but still, it's going to be a job. And a podcast producer is one of those jobs that is fun. It really is. I've been a podcast producer for a long time. I've been doing it professionally on behalf of other people for several years now, and it is a lot of fun, but it is still a job. Now, in the early days of podcasting, I resisted the temptation that many of my friends jumped into wholeheartedly and go for it. Why not? I resisted the temptation to become a podcast consultant. And probably missed out on a lot of money (laughs) because a lot of my friends who were doing that were uh, were charging in quite a healthy rate for being a podcast consultant back in the early days of podcasting. But I resisted. I also resisted becoming... um, Launching my 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 business of of podcasting, the, the, where I produce podcasts on behalf of people, um, because I didn't really want to do that at the time. But uh, I think the bigger thing for me was back in the day, I resisted bringing a podcast consultancy to my day job. One of the reasons I didn't jump into the other things is I had a nice, well-paying day job that could have dovetailed nicely into podcasting, and many of my friends decided to do that. They said, hey, I'm sitting here. I got this great job podcasting. We can do it. Let's let's bring it in. And I, someone said, I will become the principal of this new podcasting division within my company. Great idea. Sometimes, but oftentimes not. Because I have seen this play out at many different new media things that come up in the world. You know, my, my background is in, is in advertising and I've seen the influx of blogging, Video production, social media, I've seen those things blow up inside of the company and then blow right back down again. 
So I had always resisted that temptation of building that into my own company. And of course, now I do produce podcasts professionally, so I've gotten over it. But still, you see, there's a conflict that happens between the creators, people like you and me, who want to create amazing things on behalf of another entity. And then there's the company. And the company, they may say they want amazing content. They may say they're looking for great engagement and things that really elevate them. But what they really want is to make money. Because if they don't make money, they can't make payroll, and they can't pay you, or they can't pay anybody. So they can say they want all those other things, but at the end of the day, they still have to make money. And if you, as the podcast producer, either internally for an organization or externally as a consultant or contractor of some sort, if you're seen and the jobs that you do are seen as something that's a cost center for the company, there will always, always be pressure to either lower those costs or increase the efficiency, the outputs of those standard costs. And that's the race that you're into when you're a cost center only. If you're not core to the biz, if podcast production is not core to the business that you are in, that the, 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 what you are working for, if that is not what they do, if podcasting is not core to their business, you're always going to have to fight against those people who don't get podcasting. And you'd think 15, 20 years later that we wouldn't have to fight that fight anymore, but we do. Let's not forget the most recent data from the Infinite Dial 2021 shows us that 78% of people in America still don't listen to podcasts on a weekly basis. Chances are, your boss, the person that you're reporting up to, the person you're turning stuff in, it's a very good chance that if they're listening to podcasts at all, it's infrequent at best. So you're already at a disconnect. So what do you do about this harsh reality I've just laid out in front of you? If you are a podcast producer, at some point in time, you're looking and saying the writing is on the wall, maybe not today, but tomorrow, sometimes this is going to end what do you do about that? I've got three ideas for you. Number one, do your best work. Always do your best work you can do to the specifications laid out and then go above and beyond. But while you're doing that work, document what you're doing. Take screenshots. Grab source files. You know, show your work. Now, obviously, I don't want you to get into employment contract issues. If you sign something that said you will not do this, then, then look, don't break the law. But assuming that's not the case, you're putting something out publicly. Go ahead and grab some interesting bits about how you did that job and document exactly what you did. Put it in your portfolio. That's number one. Number two, get credit. Get credit for your work. Even if you are just a contractor, get credit for your work. Sure, you can get on the website if that's at all possible, but I'm thinking about inside of the in-app episode details. If you are an integral part of that show and you know you're not just a cog in the wheel, tell your client as part of your job as a podcast producer that best practices is that we should include the names of the people who worked on this show to show we are human. And again, it's best practices. Go ahead and give your boss the title of executive producer and give them credit in there as well. That'll help. But get your name listed in the credits. 
inside of the in-app details of each episode and save those. And the third thing to do is build your credibility. Now, again, watching out for any employment issues, but get on the circuit. Take the, the, the knowledge that you have and start talking to people. Referencing the job that you worked on, yes, but more importantly, referencing the products you were producing for that job. Update your LinkedIn profile, listing each of the podcasts you're working on as a project and specifically what you're doing on the project. Yeah, talk about you, obviously. I mean, you, the, the reason you're doing this is to talk up you as a podcast producer. You're not here to represent the show. Don't, don't misrepresent anything. But start building your credibility. Chances are you know someone who's not happy with their job as a podcast producer right now. Maybe they need to hear this. So go ahead and send them a link to this episode, or you can go to the article and send that link at podcastpontifications.com. That will be helpful to them. And if you got any great value out of this, if it helped you at all, please consider going to buymeacoffee.com slash evoterra and buying me a virtual coffee. That's always nice. That's it. I shall be back tomorrow with yet another podcast pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, Access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.Cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.